In today's show, we look ahead to week 20 for fantasy basketball, an update on a lot of news about the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's it. It's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff, though. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com and the promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Let's talk a few things before we get into the week 20 preview. This might be the first week of your playoffs. It might be the second week of your playoffs. You might still have weeks to go in your regular season, which would be an error on your part, but it might still be what's happening. Um, you might be you know, getting towards the end of your Roto League. All of these things are a possibility. We'll talk week 20 in a second, but a couple of pieces of news we need to talk about. Jonathan Isaac is out for the season with surgery on a groin muscle tear. Um, obviously, we're dropping him if he's not playing again this season. But I think what this means is that you can't have any trust whatsoever in Isaac at any point moving forward. Like, you just can't. People ask, man, are you going to go back to calling him Voldemort? Now, the reason I was refusing to say his name is because not necessarily him, but the Orlando Magic had kept him out for three years for a 12-month injury. And the fact that they wouldn't give us any information as to why he was out for three years from a 12-month injury meant that I'm not going to talk about this guy because this is ridiculous that we're not getting any proper information on it. This Now he's got an actual injury um, and we know about it. We'll see. If it takes him another three years, then I'll refuse to talk about him if they're going to just hold out on nonsense sort of timelines. But at this point, we have to have the feeling that his career is honestly in jeopardy. Like the, he, can't, he can't stay healthy at all for at any point. And not even taking flyers on him in drafts, I think is worth it. To be honest, I just I don't know where it goes from here um, for Jonathan Isaac. But yeah, it's obviously shit luck just to have injuries like this pile up and pile up and pile up. And uh, he'll try rehab again, but you'd have to imagine that the rehab is going to be pretty close to like breaking someone. Like to do it that many times, it's it's a pretty tough spot to be in. And then we get to the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's talk about an injury. Brandon Clark. We saw that significant injury yesterday. Torn Achilles, season over, a big chunk of next season over as well. Steven Adams is coming back soon, but we don't know when exactly. It might be the next two games. So we add Xavier T. Ilman. He is the priority add there with Clark out. He will start and play 30 minutes a night. You get a boost for Santi Aldama. You probably get guys like um, um, who is it? David Roddy getting an extra boost as Aldama and Jackson play more center. I would add Tillman in 12-team leagues. I would consider uh, Aldama in 14 and maybe 12-team leagues. But those guys get significant boosts until at least Adams returns. And when Adams is returning and playing 26 a night, then Tillman becomes a drop and Aldama becomes a drop because basically Tillman just takes the 20 minutes that Brandon Clark was playing before that. Then there's Dylan Brooks, who is suspended for Sunday's game for getting his 16th technical foul because he is a dickhead. We all know this. He's a gigantic dickhead and he's suspended. But you shouldn't be rostering him anyway. Although you might have been able to roster him because old mate Jamarant is out. He's been suspended by the team for at least two games 
for, I'm just going to guess a bunch of different things. Yes, there was something that happened overnight where there was an Instagram live of him, I believe, in a strip club brandishing a gun in his waistband at a, a strip club. I think that's what, what it was that happened. Um, but you add that into the incidences with what happened with the paces and the laser light, with him punching the kid playing basketball and then coming out with allegedly a gun in his waistband. Um, all of these incidences uh, are adding up. There's just, and we, I talked about this a few weeks ago saying, people, man, the Grizz are so unlikely. It's two blokes, it's Jar and it's Brooks. And I'm pretty sure that Jar is way up there now on the um, unlikable players list after all of this stuff that keeps adding up. I'm sure that's how people will be viewing him after I said it was a little bit 50-50. I don't think it'd be 50-50 for him anymore. And then Jar has come out recently in the last half an hour and said that he is going to take time away to receive help um, in dealing with stress management. So while it is a two-game suspension from the Grizzlies, this is not going to be two games, would be my guess. You'd have to say minimum a week. I would be shocked if it's not two weeks, but we don't know. That That's the problem. We don't know. Now, someone just tweeted at me, hey, my playoffs start Monday. I've got no IL or IL plus spot to put a jar in. Is he a drop? And honestly, Jar Morant in a category league is not a top 20 or 30 player. And if he's not there, what do you do? Like You pretty much have to drop. Now, in every situation... It's important to understand what your opponent looks like. Are they hit with injuries? Are they going to have zeros on their bench? Are you going to win comfortably enough where you can hold? If yes, then you do. But there is no point holding someone because he is a star and because he might produce in two weeks' time. We don't know when Jar is going to be back. Um, but you might. You at least have to consider that. Also, another great advertisement to make sure you've got IL slots and IL plus slots. Ridiculous that you don't. Absolutely ridiculous that any league doesn't have them. On the positive side of the jar suspension, if there is a positive side, it's that we add Tyus Jones literally everywhere. Jones, and we talked about this so many times this season about Tyus Jones' luxury stash. He's not going to be a 12-10 league guy when they're healthy, but Jar is probably going to miss games, I thought, from an injury. And then if you are in a strong position and you've got Tyus sitting on your bench, well, there you go. There's a top 50 player. Well, there you go. There's your top 50 player. I don't know how long it's going to be for. Absolutely no idea. Couldn't tell you. I don't know what's going to happen with the suspension. But again, it's minimum two games. I, uneducated opinion, thinks it's at least a week and the likelihood is probably two weeks. But that is just absolute pure speculation that I have no inside information or no basis on. If you just ask me how long do you think, two weeks is what I would say. But I don't know that. And I am completely guessing, I'll phrase that again, I am completely guessing that he will be out at least two weeks. All we know is that he's out at least two games, and I'd say there's a 90% chance he's out at least a week, and I'd put it at 70% that he's out two weeks. But it's a guess. I have nothing to base it on. There is no real-world um, information telling us that. The statement from Jar suggests that it's going to be a little bit longer. He's taking full responsibility for his actions. Of course he is. He's let everyone down. I'm going to take time away to work on letter, learning better methods of dealing with stress and overall well-being. That's not happening in two days or three days. Like That's going to be a little bit of time, I would guess. So that's the big news. Brandon Clark out for the season. Jonathan Isaac out for the season. Dylan Brooks suspended one game. Jar Morant out for, I don't know. Xavier Tillman, big ad. Tyus Jones, huge ad. Oh, by the way, in Orlando, Bol Bol isn't an ad. If you want to have a look how the Magic ran their rotation without Jonathan Isaac, look at the last game. Look at the game before that. It is not Bol that gets the minutes. It's Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. 
Now, if Franz Wagner does miss with his ankle, then Bowl might have value there. But Bowl does not inherently get value because Isaac is out. That's not how it's been working. So I would prefer Cole Anthony over Bowl in that situation. And that's a lot of stuff for me to get to before we even start talking about the Week 20 preview. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy that you've seen before with salary caps and thousands of people that you're going up against. It's just you, one-on-one, versus the player projections. They might have Tyus Jones sitting at four and a half assists, and you go, hey, guys, Jar's out. Brooks is out. He's going to get a lot of them. So you choose more, or you look at Xavier Tillman's rebound numbers. You say, there's a big chance here, man. So many guys out. Tillman's going to have big rebound numbers. You get two to six of those individual player projections, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. It's easy. You can do it in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states, majority of Canada, and lots of sports, not just the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, college basketball, cricket, European basketball, NASCAR, PGA, MMA, boxing, and of course, disc golf. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So now that'll take us to look at the week ahead, week 20 which is actually week 21, but it's week 20 for fantasy. Remember that, depending on how your league looks. Don't go by week numbers. I know I do because everyone wants to do it, but don't go by week numbers. And I will always say we are talking about the week starting here on March the 6th. That is this week. It's more important to know dates versus week number because the All-Star break always causes a problem. And speaking of a problem, this is a very interesting week. We have low volume right across the week, apart from Saturday. Six games on Monday, eight games on Tuesday, seven on Wednesday, six on Thursday, six on Friday, 10 on Saturday, and six on Sunday. It is the absolute perfect week for watching basketball, for talking about basketball, for podcasting about basketball. It is the perfect week. Look at that. Five, four, five, four, four days with six games, a seven and an eight. The only one that stands out there is that 10-game Saturday, which is going to be harder to stream. But otherwise, you're wide open. And then, for us, though, in fantasy playoffs, that causes a conundrum because we have limited ads most of the time. So we can't just say, well, I'm adding someone every day. But you don't have that many ads in most spots. So being more selective or being smart with looking at the schedule is imperative this week. With a lot of options to stream, you've got to do it the right way to maximize your games played But as always, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, as always, when, who, team, all that stuff is important. I know that doesn't make sense, but it will later on when I explain it. Let's look at how the week looks. 13 teams play four games. That's actually a pretty low number. Sometimes we have 20 teams playing four games. 13 teams. 12 teams play three games. So pretty even split there. And then we've got a whopping five teams playing two games. The Bulls, the Spurs, the Suns, the Clippers, and the Wolves. Now that's bad. But it's also good. And let me explain. It's bad in that like you don't want your star players from Chicago or Phoenix or the Clippers. You don't want them playing two games in your fantasy playoffs. It's not ideal, right? We also knew this schedule was going to be like this, but it's not ideal. But the fact that there are five different teams doing that and there are over half of the NBA teams, 17 teams that play three or two games, means that the hit isn't quite as bad. 
it means that the 13 teams that play four games get a huge advantage, but the hit isn't as bad. And you'll see when we talk about weekly leagues later on that normally two-game teams, you're just sitting everybody. This week, it's not as crystal clear because there might be situations, because there are so many teams playing low volume of games, that a two-game week isn't as killer as what it would be if 18 teams played four games. It wouldn't be as bad. And the fact that there are, it's not just one team playing two games, there's five of them. Well, you're not going to be alone in having a good player play only two games this week. How do we stream in for the week? We stream all days apart from Saturday. That should be relatively straightforward. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, maybe Saturday, but there's 10 games on, so that's going to be up to you and your roster, and that's a personal decision that you can make um, with your family, friends, and religious and spiritual advisors. Use your ads wisely, though, because with so many streaming days available, you can't just be like, low volume day, add someone, because there's too many of them. There's no real huge quality game advantage as well. Given that six of the seven days are quality games, you can either be playing all of your games on quality games or one fewer. All of the four game teams either play four or three. And that is important, four versus three, but there's no situations like last week where you'd have a four game team playing one quality game versus the Sixers playing four. There's no clear cut advantage. Like the two game teams, the Wolves and the Spurs, both of their games are on low volume days. The Suns, the Bulls, and the Clippers, well, one of their two games is on Saturday, so that hurts their fringe players, meaning you probably can't even use their fringe guys on that higher volume day. But it's not as big of a disadvantage as there has been in other weeks. It's one day. Four versus three is important, but it's not as big of a discrepancy as four versus two when talking quality games. You've got to make hard cuts, though, in the playoffs. Roto, different story. But if you're in your playoffs, if someone's out, like, for example, the San Antonio Spurs do not play until Friday. They have two games this week. The Friday-Sunday is really good. But holding Trey Jones, not, not playing until Friday, Zach Collins, Charles Bassey, Devin Vassell, shit, even the horse, Keldon Johnson. Whose horse is that? Malachi Branham, Devontae Graham, any of these guys that you tried streaming in, are they actually worth holding for zeros all week until Friday? No, they're not. They're not. They can be very good the week after. Absolutely. No problem. They can be very good the week after. But if you're not there to play the week after, it doesn't matter. They play four games next week. Four games, quality games, all four. By the way, next week, or every day is a quality game next week. But the Spurs play four games next week. That's great. But if you're not there to take advantage of it, don't. You look to re-add them on Friday because they the Friday, Sunday pseudo back-to-back, which is great. But no games to start the week, it's not on. It's not useful. So you've got to make hard cuts. Have to make them. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You want protein? You can find protein bars. But they taste like garbage, apart from Bilt Bar. Because they are covered in 100% real chocolate and they taste just like a candy bar. So when you're looking for that delicious treat, when you're looking for something healthy... When you're looking to get your protein supplements in, Built Bar is the answer. They taste like that candy bar, but low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in proteins. Like bars have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories. It's unheard of, that combination, but it's not, well, it was unheard of until Built Bar came along. And now here they are, and look at, look at the numbers. They're unbelievable. But you used to be able to just go to Built.com, and you can still do it. 
can go to built.com and order your bars, no problem. But now you can also walk into Walmart and there they are on the shelf ready for you in the coconut puff, the cookies and cream, and what's the other one? Double chocolate, double chocolate flavor. Or you can go to Sam's Club and that's there as well with a 13 bar box in a churro flavor and in the brownie batter flavor. So go to built.com, go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club and get yourself boxes of built bars. Built bar is built different. Let's look at the back-to-backs for the week. Heading into the week, ending week 19, finishing week 20, we've got the Blazers, Pacers, and Celtics. The Celtics one, Rob Williams, Al Horford, they're the guys that we're going to be at risk of um, missing here. Like, who knows what happens with Brogdon? Who missed last game? Who knows what happens with White? Or do they rest Tatum? Or do they rest Brown? Like, we've got no idea. We don't know whether who's going to play Sunday, who's going to be out Monday, but there, there is a risk of at least Williams and Horford missing one of those games. Williams left last game with a hamstring tightness issue, so I would guess that Rob Williams doesn't play Sunday, meaning Horford doesn't play Monday. That is how I guess that's going to go. Monday, Tuesday, we start off with Philadelphia and Detroit with a back-to-back. Tuesday, Wednesday, we've got Washington, Dallas, and OKC. I'm putting OKC as a trouble team there just in case Shea returns and then he's dealing with the abdominal issue and he sits one of them. That's possible. Wednesday, Thursday, no one has a back-to-back. Hmm. Avoid that situation. Thursday, Friday, it's just Brooklyn with a back-to-back. Friday, Saturday, onto a 10-game Saturday, you've got Miami. The Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry situation will be one to watch. And Atlanta have the Friday-Saturday back-to-back. And then the most important thing is the Friday-Sunday pseudo back-to-back. You avoid a 10-game Saturday and you get guys in for the final day of the week. And there's a bunch of teams. Denver, the Spurs, the Cavs, the Nets, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Wizards, and the Blazers all play the Friday-Sunday combination. The weekend back-to-back, Saturday-Sunday, it's Pelicans, it's Thunder, it's Hornets, and it's Knicks who have that Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. Now, we can't just attack every back-to-back because, again, we can stream every day. There are a few back-to-back options, and we've got limited ads. And nearly, whenever I'm suggesting stuff, it's a lot of standard league stuff. 12 teams, standard roster construction, standard waiver ads, which is four per week. Your league, your settings are going to change. So understanding how to analyze the schedule, which I think I bring to this show, is going to help you more than me just telling you, do this on this day. I hope that's the case anyway. So let's look, now saying that, let's look at a sort of standard streaming plan. And this one, it's up for debate how you want to approach this. But I think having two streaming slots in the playoffs is really useful. We've still only got four ads. We're going to try and make the most of those spots. In general, each fantasy active slot gives you about 3.7 games per week. 3.7 on average. So about two slots, 7.4. That's usually how that works. So we want to get more out of those two streaming slots. And if you do it this way, you can actually get 10 games out of those two slots. You use one of them to add a Pistons player. Now, who that Pistons player is, I don't know. Is Jaden Ivey available? He's worth it. But there's so much instability with Bogdanovich and Stewart and Duran and Bagley and Wiseman. So the two that really stand out to me are Ivey and Hayes as the guys who are going to play three games in four nights, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday to start the week. Three games, Four nights, one roster spot, one roster move. Then you can drop that guy, and then you can add one of those six or seven teams that play that Friday-Sunday combination back-to-back. So that's five games, one roster spot, two moves. Then you can use your other spot, your other roster spot, to start off with a Sixers player. D'Anthony Melton, Tyrese Maxey, maybe PJ Tucker. 
You can try a Sixers play if that's available to you, Monday, Tuesday. And then what you do is you look at Wednesday, which teams play three games in four nights. Well, it's Atlanta and Miami that play three games between Wednesday and Saturday. So that is two moves, five games. Two moves, five games. Total for the week, 10 games, two slots, four moves. Now, you could avoid using that Sixers Monday, Tuesday back-to-back if you like and just attack the Hawks and Heat on the Wednesday, Saturday, and then you save a move up your sleeve, an extra move for Sunday, which I think is a, is a very reasonable suggestion. And even if you are well ahead in the week, using that last ad to make an extra move for week 21 is smart play as well. But that's going to depend on your matchup. This is a way where you can maximize games played for this week only, if assuming there is a strong Sixers Monday, Tuesday back-to-back available in your league, like De'Anthony Melton who's the one that really stands out. You could consider Shake Milton. You could consider George Niang if you wanted to, or Jalen McDaniels maybe, but they're not as good. Let's look at front and back loading. The Spurs do not play a game until Friday. We just spoke about that. That's shithouse. Phoenix, the Clippers, and the Bulls don't play until Wednesday. Shithouse as well. And at the end of the week, the Knicks, the Hornets, and the Nets play three games between Thursday and Sunday. So your fringe Hornets or Knicks, not that there's many fringe Knicks guys, but it helps Barrett, it helps Grimes, it helps Hart, it helps quickly. The Hornets guys, there's not many fringe guys there, but Dennis Smith, real boost at the end of the week. Big Dick Nick Richards, some value at the end of the week. Um, and then the Nets, yeah, maybe it's Royce O'Neal. Maybe that does give Cam Thomas a reprieve after his seven-minute game yesterday. Three games in four nights. Toronto and Minnesota don't play on the weekend, so a lot of those guys become droppable. Gaz Trent, droppable. Minnesota guys, maybe Kyle Anderson's droppable. You just need to get someone extra in. But again, how you structure it is all depending on your league and your matchup and your team. Now, what I was saying earlier on about understanding the moves for the week, for the playoffs, you only have to win five categories in a category league this week. So look at what you need to win. Make your moves based on volume, but based on categories as well. Don't be overwhelmed or or completely... Um, pushed in a direction because of name brand value, because of overall value in a vacuum, because it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter at this point. If you've got overall value and you're still losing field goal percentage by 10 percentage points, then a center with big field goal percentage and big blocks when you're getting pumped in that actually means nothing to your team. And yes, sacrificing it might mean someone else gets him, but what does it matter if you lose? Attack the categories that you're going to win. Get the guys in to get volume into those categories that you are going to win. That is how you win in the fantasy playoffs. Get the guys to play on the right days with the right volume, with the right stats. That is how you win. It's the simple thing that you need to think about always. For weekly leagues, these are all really strong options for this week ahead. Should we start with the Wizards, guys? We should. Dan Gafford, Dylan Wright, four games this week. Great opportunities. You've got to have them. Throw Denny Avdur in there as well. He gets a boost because of the games this week. He's not a great 12-team league guy, but a boost for this week. Matisse Thibel. The offense has been great. The defense is humming. Love it. Killian Hayes. Four games this week. Really good value. Yes, the field goals are a problem, but good numbers. Drew Eubanks. A little iffy on that one, but he does have the advantage of games played. He can get you maybe six blocks this week with good field goal percentage. That's okay. Dennis Smith. And Lou Dort, obviously big field goal percentage issues for both of those players, but they all have, or they both have four games for the week and there's enough value in them. Now, in terms of sitting players in a weekly league, 
Normally, you'd be sitting a bunch of guys with so many two-game teams. But with the Suns, and I don't know what happened to my spelling here, but I would start Devin Booker. I would start Kevin Durant. I would actually start Chris Paul and Gunnar Ayton. I think they're all top 120 guys this week, even with two games. For the Bulls, I would start DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch. I would start all of them. For the Spurs, I wouldn't start any of them. For the Clippers, I would start Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and sit everybody else. And for the Wolves, I would start Edwards and Gobert. And I would sit McDaniels and Anderson, those sort of players. I would also sit Christian Wood with only three games in Dallas and he's playing limited minutes. I would sit Benedict Matherin. And I think Al Horford's going to sit one of those games for the Celtics. So that means he's probably only got two games for the week. So I would definitely not play him this week. Wouldn't bother. I think he's only playing Wednesday, Saturday. So I would not start Al Horford for the week. For points leagues, these guys are all available. Again, 50% plus of leagues. You can go try them out. Lou Dort, Dan Gafford, Killian Hayes, Dennis Smith, Denny Avdia, Dylan Wright, Taylor Horton Tucker, and even Cole Anthony. With John Isaac out, his volume's going to be up. Maybe Wagner's out as well. There's a little bit of something interesting there for Cole Anthony. And then for points league starts and sits, I wouldn't be as interested in Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton in a points league. I think they're borderline sitable. Same with Zach Levine, who I think is probably a sit, but could be a start. Obviously, I'm still sitting all Spurs. I'm still sitting all Clippers apart from Kawhi and PG. And I'm sitting all Wolves that aren't Anthony Edwards and Gobert. But the Suns, it's just Booker Durant. And the Bulls, I'm definitely doing Vooch and DeRozan. Levine, iffy. Iffy. Yeah, Christian Wood's still a sit. Al Horford. And DiVincenzo. His points league value is not that strong. Steph's going to be back on Sunday. And Wiggins might return as well. And that's going to mean that it's hard for me to consider DiVincenzo a start for the week ahead. And guys, that'll do it for me today. We covered a lot in this show, so give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. And follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.